0: Welcome to Strip It Back, the podcast which helps to simplify life and live in the moment with Joanne Panetta and Renee Talia.
1: Welcome back everybody to Strip It Back. Uh, We've got a jam-packed episode for you all today and super thrilled to invite an expert an expert in the field when it comes to being a female and living authentically. Um, my co host Renee. No, sorry, but really. <laughs> we, all, <laughs> we also want to welcome, hi Renee. Um, we also want to welcome back by popular demand Philippa. Thank you for joining us today.
2: It's blessed to be here. Thank you, beautiful ladies.
1: And how are we all
0: feeling? How's your day started, Renee? I've had a beautiful morning. The sun is shining. I can see that the sun's shining from all of our albums, which is great. And I'm really excited about having you back here, Philippa. You definitely have been a demanded guest that we've been asked to have back. So before we do dive into the wisdom, Joanne and I have actually been anchoring each episode because we can't be in the physical space together at the moment. So we started this new ritual uh, grounding with an essential oil. So Joanne, you've you've you've
1: picked the essential oil today. I did. It was very intuitive, but I was like, oh, it has to be peppermint. So the peppermint oil um, which I'm rubbing on my hands and having a smell of now and instantly just like oh, I use this a lot when I've got a headache or when I'm feeling a bit sluggish. And I know, Renee, with all of your wisdom, um,
0: there's so much more to peppermint oil. Oh, yeah. Peppermint, so good. It is that. It is that uplifting. And it's actually known as the oil of buoyant heart. So I'm just going to read for you the first few lines of this book that I absolutely love. And it's, peppermint brings joy and buoyancy to the heart and soul. It invigorates body, mind and spirit. And reminds individuals that life can be happy and they don't have to be controlled by fear. Love it. So beautiful in that we have Philippa here, who's quite an expert on the mind, body, spirit realm and Ayurveda. So I can't wait to hear all about what we're going to dive into in our next part of our feminine wisdom And last week, we were talking all about the period talk. And Mm -hmm. Philippa, do you remember when you were at that time where you got your period and what was the talk like for you?
2: Uh, I was the youngest of three daughters. So I guess I had a little influence from my sister's experience before I reached Menarche. Uh, and what was interesting about my experience was I was actually 16. I was very active. Um, I was quite slight in frame. And so it took some time for it to come for me. Um, so there was definitely this feeling leading up to that, knowing all of my friends had had it. Um, when was mine coming? There was this kind of not feeling enough. I guess, mm. in terms of wanting it to be there, just so that I could express myself as a as a young woman and you know join the pack. Um, so that was quite interesting. But yeah, in terms of period talk, it was probably primary school, Catholic primary school, a bit awkward. Parents and children at the library on a Friday night. You know, a weird book with charts and and very mechanical and probably not a lot of. Um, emotive talk around the experience at all. Mm.
1: I didn't get the book. I went to a Catholic primary school, and I didn't get the book. So, yeah, that's interesting.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, such a um, mechanical. As, as I said, I didn't get the book. I'm thinking, how is it still possible? Because, as you know, I have the privilege of working in a school, and. I, I don't know that it's much different now, actually, which is um, definitely something worth exploring, wouldn't you think?
2: For mm. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and to grow up and realise that children are actually very capable and we don't have to sugarcoat things, like they're actually really smart kids, you know, and they can handle adult concepts a lot of the time,
0: particularly mm. in
2: that kind of 10 to 14. Like they've got capacity and the, the fact that a lot, and I'm not in education, but you ladies are, like a lot of education kind of panders to children being quite sensitive and, you know, they shouldn't get the full truth when, in fact, I think they're actually very capable of absorbing it.
1: Mm, so true, so powerful, so much power in that statement alone, which is exactly why we need women like you sharing your wisdom. Now, we have invited you because not only do you bring um knowledge and wisdom around Ayurveda and and our last episode that we spoke to you on was about hormone health and all of these amazing things that link to being a female you have um, an incredible bank of knowledge around Vedic wisdom and we would love for you today um, I'm excited because it's, it's something that I've only just scratched the surface on and we want to learn from you about how that connects to the divine feminine and how we can kind of put all of these different um, rituals and things in place to support something that's been existing in our societies and our worlds well before the three of us entered planet Earth,
2: yeah? Mm -hmm. So we'd love, love, love to learn from you. Yeah, um, it's it's a tricky one. Thank you for thinking I'm an expert. I think it's a lifetime of learning, so I'm forever the student, so I'm just trying to impart what I know from my part of the journey thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, what is an interesting reflection after going through some of the Vedic texts this morning to see if I could find some juiciness for us today is that they were all perceived to be all written by men, and so mm-hmm. therefore – how did they truly know the experience from the lens of the feminine doesn't mean they weren't connected to the feminine from their spiritual practice but how did they understand the physicalness of what it feels like to be a woman so some of the the texts and and um schlockers the the poetry that is written about it i can see that kind of comes from this male perspective Um, So that was quite an interesting thing to kind of think about this morning while I was trying to get these wisdom bites.
0: Mm. I need to ask you, that's really interesting that you say that, because also like yoga was only ever put in place for men, right? So then trying to have a practice that anchors the feminine, and I think this is kind of now why yin yoga has become so popular as well in in like really coming inwards. So in Ayurveda, does it talk much about the cyclical rhythm? Because I know that it talks a lot about the 24-hour clock and this is the clock that we do life with and this is the clock that we rise and fall with. And yet we have this other innate beautiful clock that we menstruate with. Is there wisdom there that talks a little bit about this?
2: Yeah, very much so. So the body is made up of 11 systems, channels, shrotas, and one of those is um, shrota which is only specifically for women, and then they have a subset of that, which is Pistania shrota which works more on like the, the breast tissue and being able to lactate. Um, So they absolutely recognised that women had a different physiology and this extra channel that was important to be nourished. Um, But again, it's interesting to consider how the men, the patriarchy kind of knew really what that truly was about. Um, They absolutely talk about the cycles of, menstruation and the cycles of life of a woman as well so when we're a child it's Catholic in nature it's tissue building bone structure um earthing and as we reach menarch, so let's say 12 14 we go into the pitta stage so that's metabolism and fire in action and then we move into the wise years at menopause, which is more the vata stage. So it's a little drier, it's a little lighter, but it's more in the head. So we have this ability to um, move from a place of wisdom. And so then going deeper with the doshic cycles of life, we have in the 28th, 30-day cycle of our menstruation, we have this kapha time, this pitta time and this vata time of, the bleed, ovulation, and release, which is really interesting as well.
0: So in that time, would that be like what we would call what gets called your follicular luteal phase, and they've described it it through the doshas?
2: Yes, correct. So I'm just going to pull up a little sheet because I have this written down. So kapha dominates the first half of the cycle, which is called lutukala, And it's after the menstruation and the endometrium thickens and becomes more and more glandular. So the woman's gaining that essence essence of kapha, juiciness, denseness, glow, peace, feeling settled. And that time period culminates in ovulation. So ovulation marks the beginning of the next phase, ruta vateta kala, which is dominated by pitta and pitta is like the blood tissue layer, the endometrium becomes more engorged, so it's this idea of um, inflammation in some way, but when it's healthy, it's just um, expansion um, with blood vessels in the preparation for the potentially a fertilised egg. And then if the, fertilized, if the egg is not fertilised in the last phase, which is called rajakala, that, that period of time arrives. And so one of the really beautiful things I found a few months ago when I was studying this a little, in the text of Susutra Samahita, he was this legendary ancient physician um, who wrote a lot, predominantly about surgery and a lot of our surgical procedures, even in Western medicine, have come from Susutra. He describes this process when the egg isn't fertilised as the weeping cry of the vagina for the deceased ovum. It's a sudden rising vata that begins that menstrual period and so it's a moving force and the blood is lost and the menstruation flows. So I think that's really interesting. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. Isn't it?
1: Oh, just listening to that, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, it completely makes sense. I would honest to say, honestly say I had no idea that the doshes could also then be linked to your cycle. Like obviously in my head I go obviously,
2: but having you explain it like that, amazing. Yeah, it makes sense. So therefore if you have an imbalance in your doshic wisdom in your body, particularly as a woman, you will have an imbalanced menstruation cycle. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that's quite a profound learning for anyone, I think. Like if you have any menstruation issues and they can be pain, discomfort, bloating, water retention, weight gain, um, fatigue, emotional, um, emotional issues such as anger or anxiety or sadness. I think in our modern day, we just assume that that's like a normal part of the menstruation cycle. Oh, I'm getting my period, I'm craving sweet things. Oh, I'm getting my period, of course I'm angry. Oh, I'm getting my period, of course I want to kill my (laughs) neighbour. Actually, they're all indicators that our menstruation cycle and therefore our physiology of our entire being is imbalanced and it's a great red flag for women to understand that if we're not comfortable through our menstruation cycle, we can address those discomforts and bring ourselves back into a form of homeostasis. Wow, very, very powerful. Absolutely. We're so lucky as women. You know, men don't have that same opportunity to detoxify over the month and to check in with self in the same manner. They're very physical, clear signs that our body gives us, and if we've got the wisdom and the understanding to listen to them, we can pay attention.
0: I love that you've just said that, that tapping in and really having that awareness and yet in our society we can become quite suppressant of them and what we see sometimes in women, like you must see a lot of people and women coming with you with different imbalances around this in what can be a suppression or or ignoring something that might have been a slight knocking until it's like a, ooh, bang, there's something there. That's not quite right. Um, Absolutely.
2: And the way we nourish our bodies, this Arcavashrota, it's it's the final one that gets nourished in this chain of events of these channels and systems in the body. So that it, an imbalance there might not show up directly and immediately, but if there's wrong choices and imbalances for a period of time, that is that tends to be where the imbalance will, will show up because it's so deep-seated by that time. If you kind of ignored it in the, in the earlier channels with, the, you know, a little bloating or a little rash on the skin, you know, and you put that off and you put that off and you put that off, it will show up in this final system of our body as a woman. It's
1: incredible. I keep thinking about like the layers upon layers of it. That's normal. That's normal. And because these conversations aren't readily had, you know, um, this this is why we want to bring this series to the forefront. We actually want people to be empowered and it all comes back to actually knowing your body. The first thing I think of is, oh, my goodness, from 18 years old until I reckon 30, 29, 30, I was on the pill. Mm -hmm. So can you just imagine... How much has been suppressed? Like no wonder I find myself today um, working through and closely with you not only my own general body challenges like of, you know, trying to tune back into a natural rhythm but also with my Hashimoto's and I just think, my goodness, there's so many clues, as you said, Renee, like little tips and tricks that come from the body that you might ignore and ignore and think it's hashtag normal Mm -hmm. that, yeah, it makes sense. It's all this build-up and... This needs to be shared with the world,
2: which is, Uh, oh, my goodness. It's an extremely common story that I come across with women that I meet. You know, they had an uncomfortable period when they were 12 or 14 or 15, and by the time they were 16, the GP put them on the pill because Mm. they had acne or, you know, major breakouts or abdominal cramping or whatever, and this inability to allow the body to uh, regulate itself by, Putting this extra strain of a synthetic hormone in the system is a really damaging way, I think, um, mm. to to treat a body. You know, it's just like putting a band aid on something, but not actually physically physically fixing the underlying issues. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So, what would you say then to women that are maybe currently on the pill or have just come off it? What are some, I guess, nourishing tips that you would? That you would recommend?
2: Mm. I do appreciate that everyone has their own story, and there's lots of different reasons why people choose to be on contraception. But I think for those women listening who are just on it for the convenience, it's a really dangerous path to walk along. Um, you know, like the body needs that process emotionally as well as physically to go through this cycle in in their system. And so if you're suppressing really important hormone regulators from your um, sexual reproductive system, you can cause quite damaging effects, particularly when you reach menopause, you know, osteopenia, osteoporosis, um, a whole raft of issues that might come with menopause. Uh, which then you might be, you know, encouraged to take HRT, which is a whole other, you know, issue with synthetic hormones. So, I, you know, I, I do understand there's lots of different reasons why people take it, but I, I do implore each woman to individually consider, you know, am I doing all the things I can possibly do for myself and my health before I'm introducing the synthetic hormones into my system?
0: I love that you shared that, and I have to admit that I was one of those women. Mm-hmm. I was taking it. Out of pure convenience, it started. It did start that I was on it. It was prescribed as a young teenager, and I just continued taking it, not even asking the questions. Yeah. Um, I had asked once when I um, was going through something again, just to re ask the GP, and then just kind of just flip it, okay, and just kept going. It was like brushing my teeth, and. It has been impactful. It was until I was actually in India and everyone's like, you are so holistic and yet you're still, and I had to question, actually, the reasons of why I started is not adding up now. But it took years to actually get to that. And it was purely just because it comes so habitual and I had never given myself that time to sit back and actually check in, does this actually stand anymore? Mm -hmm. I think from the discussion that we've been having, the check-in for women is so important and is what I do now with a lot of women in their work is all about that mind-body and dropping in to this innate feminine. Mm -hmm. Mm, So powerful.
2: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: And I just sit here and think, you know, again, I put my educator hat on this needs to be taught in schools like whether it be from the lens of ayurveda whether it be from the lens of um, shamanic principles whether it be from the lens of anything other than just you get your period these are the sanitary items you use there's shame and guilt around it like I don't know about you girls, but I spent my whole high school, check my dress, check my dress, am I leaking, am I leaking? And just trying to like take the old, what was that tablet I used to take, macinophane or Ponstan and just get on with it so I could keep up with the rest of the day. And I just keep sitting here and thinking imagine if we didn't come together right now and have this conversation. It all comes back to women coming together, creating space and connecting and making this a normal freaking topic to talk about. It's not normal to talk about this.
2: Normal. I'm using my inverted commas. Yeah. Certainly not in in modern eras. I mean, one of my favourite books I ever read was referred to me by a wonderful friend of mine who's a Jewish history teacher and it's called The Red Tent. It's incredibly intense of a book but it just tells you this amazing story of these Bedouin women and Hebrew-speaking women in you know, uh, kind of biblical times and the processes that they would go through with the month. They all fled at the same time every month. They would take themselves into this red tent. There was storytelling. There was sharing. There was support. And what is reflective in the way that the Vedic texts also talk about, there was rest. And I think that's a massive thing with Western society. Like you were saying, Joanne, just now take the pond stand and just keep on going. Hmm. don't want to miss out.
1: And like you talked about last week, Renee, keeping up with your brothers. Yeah. Keeping up with your brothers. Have yeah. this
2: expectation to, like, keep trucking and doing all of the things. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a real biggie, I think, with modern women who might be parents and full-time careers and like to run 10 kilometres a day and, 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 and you know, if the period comes and it's inconvenient and they just do all of those things regardless
1: or skip it if you're on the pill, which I know that was something I used to do every time I went on a holiday. Oh my goodness. Or I was on, I was on it for contraception. So my ex-husband and I didn't want to have children at the time. So it was like, oh, it's convenient. Like, you know, and even that in itself, I kind of think if we just get to know our cycle, we know when is an appropriate time to, um, to have children and, and be fertile. Like there's apps for it it's incredible but you don't even need the apps you just know that in your body when you have that relationship with it it's it's just so powerful and I'm so glad that we've cracked open the conversation and it's only onwards and upwards from here and if someone listening just kind of goes oh I didn't even know that The pill did that, or wow! It took Renee, someone who we look up to as holistic and 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 very healthy. Her honest admission that it took you a couple of years to even get to this point—like not a couple of years, years. years—and it's okay. Just crack open the conversation and talk to your girlfriends.
2: Yeah, and I think it's a real duty for women to share with other women, whether they're children or friends or or sisters. it's absolutely imperative, not just okay, but absolutely imperative to pull back on those days of menstruation and rest and rejuvenate. There's some some wisdom in the texts that I study from that talk about, you know, the woman's not even allowed in the kitchen that day to cook. She has to be um prepared meals for you know so ladies if you're rushing around feeding a family of five you need to call in your partner or your mother or your friend to do it for you because you're meant to be resting
1: I've just Um, had a moment sorry to jump in you remember Renee I I don't know if we talked about this on air do you remember when my nonna said something about I can't touch the olives when I've got my period did you ever cop that story from your nonna (laughs) I
2: don't recall. (laughs)
1: I'm I'm just sitting there going, when you said, oh, you know, women don't go and cook and I'm thinking, is that where it came from? Like,
0: I remember
2: on
1: the
0: tomato sauce day now that you're talking. See,
1: See, it's like there's something, but I thought it was more like, oh, you'll make the olives go bad with all your juju periodness. But I'm like,
2: I need to go and have a chat with my nonna. But I think it's more that, you know, women should be resting at that time and should be taken care of. I just had to ask. I just—I know that's
0: so left of center. That's your homework. I would like you to have a conversation. I'm going to go and ask her. Because there's lots of wisdom in that woman still there. <laughs> so you, you grab that wisdom so that we can re-share. And I think this is where we're coming from, the wisdom that's in these texts, Philippa. Like women, from what I'm hearing, did gather together and did support one another. Not only did they calibrate and sync together, yeah. They were able to also be in support. Like, that blows my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And you, we probably have all experienced it, the listeners as well. Like, you know, having sisters or being away for a certain time with some of your women's friends, you tend to kind of sync up and end up bleeding together. If you work with a certain amount of women, you know, everyone starts to get their period. And it doesn't actually take very long to, to be in sync, it might be a couple of months and all of a sudden the whole office is having a bleed within the same kind of seven days. That's a profound collective consciousness that we'll Mm. never understand without Western minds really. Incredible.
1: Now we could talk to you for hours on this and um, I have a feeling there may be a welcome back again um, down the track. But leaving our listeners with a pearl of wisdom or a piece of advice from you, Philippa, if they're listening to this and where, where do they begin or what, what, what can you impart, what wisdom or what sprinkling of knowledge can you share as a just start here maybe?
2: I'd like to leave them with two things. Mm-hmm. I think the first would be some specific guidelines that come from a gentleman called Chirakosamahita, again another Vedic text. It says during menses, Avoid sexual intercourse. He recommends that you sleep on the floor, but I would assume that's just to be away from, from partner. Um, take food with hands from unbroken utensils, which I think is beautiful. So, you know, that purity and such kind of qualities. And do not bathe. And this is this is spoken of a lot, actually, in terms of um, like plunging yourself into a bath is not recommended in the first few days of your bleed to really give that give that space. Um, we have this subdosha of Vata called apanavata, which is all about the downward movement. And nine times out of ten, maybe even ten times out of ten, when women have menstrual discomfort, amenorrhea. Um, obstructions, uterine fibroids, that kind of thing. This subdural vata is vitiated and not going in the right direction. So taking a bath can um, inhibit that that downward flow, and I think then that leads on to even a more serious conversation about the use of menstrual cups, tampons, and sanitary napkins. You know, tampons and menstrual cups actually inhibit that downward flow. And so a sanitary or external pad to to catch your menstrual blood is far more healthy, particularly for women who have menstruation issues like cramping and, and pain. So that's the first little juicy bit from like the ancient texts. The second juicy bit I'd love to leave the listeners with is that it all comes back to the gut every single time so Agni, digestive fire, Mm -hmm. if that is burning brightly and at the right rhythm, the armor that we call toxic metabolic sludge that can build up in the system and lodge in any channel, um, that will be removed naturally. If we don't have the right digestive fire, this armor will build up. And so if we can get those two things in the right balance, digestive fire at the right balance, Armor moving through and eliminating in the right channels, all of our health will be in balance, including our menstruation health. And I would imagine, again, nine, maybe 10 out of 10 women, if they have menstrual problems, are likely to have digestive problems first or something that they had quite a while ago that maybe they sorted out, but now they have this menstruation issue.
0: Mm. I'm nodding along here because that was me. digestion and and I I love I'm just going back to a call that we were on the other night Philippa you spoke about digestion not just being in the physical sense of digesting your food but digestion of emotions and all of it so I love how I even looks at it from that holistic perspective Mm. and you can feel it within your body since my digestion has been so much better. And it took me grounding and not traveling and flipping all over the world. I mean we can't at the moment anyway, but to come and really ground my vada that it became all in balance. So I feel like that's a really beautiful one to leave with us in that. Mm. Oh, Thank you. Back to that ugly. Got your fires right.
2: And there's many fires in your body, but your digestion's your big guy. Get your fire right, everything else will be working and burning brightly and beautiful as the true nature of yourself that you so greatly deserve to be. Amazing. We
1: are so, so, so filled with gratitude for this. I have learned a ton. I'll need you to email me the names of those texts, please, so we can add them to the show notes, um, and I'd like to read them as well. Um, Again, just start the conversation, let's be in service of other women and I hope that um, everybody listening has received a pearl of wisdom or even just an ignition to say it's okay to ask questions. This is new information, let's embrace it. Um,
2: That's to yes. be uh, putting in the back shelf, you know, like... Being a woman is a wonderful thing, and that comes with all of it, you
1: know. Yeah, thank you. So, in true trip, it, uh, true trip it back, strip it back style mm-hmm. is um, where we look at a small win for the day. And um, if you don't mind, could I share mine with you because I'm feeling really energized by after this conversation? I'm really glad I did what I did today. So, being in nature, huge part. um Thankfully, in Geelong, we have the beautiful Geelong Botanic Gardens, and I actually went and sat in the sunshine and meditated and just listened to nature and three of my favourite songs um, just with the sun beaming on my face and that's just a small win for the day, the, the incredible weather. So
2: what about for you, Philippa, what was your small win for today? I'd absolutely say the same. I've just been sitting out in my back garden. My partner's been doing a bit of gardening, um, just enjoying the sun and, and reading this morning. It was a wonderful win. Didn't have to be anywhere anytime soon. I'm just mm. happy, happy reading away about Ayurveda and going through and relearning myself, really, some of these pearls of wisdom from from the Vedic texts. It was cool, really Thank nice.
1: You. So yeah. good.
0: What a gift to all of us. And you, Renee, what was your small win? Yeah, well, we've all been outdoors today. It is the sunshine, that and also getting on a call with Jay, my my coach, and just being in calibration with other women who are up in the business of honouring the feminine. And so I think that's a great way to leave our beautiful, <laughs> fine little, little so, again, thank you, Philippa. We're going to put all those things in the show notes. And you do well with the um, Sanskrit, by the way. And <laughs> it's plenty better than me. I can show you of that. <laughs> Beautiful. And um, you can follow Philippa on the socials too. Definitely check her out. We've been getting um, some delivered meals even by yourself as well. So go back and listen. We'll also link to the previous episode so that you can go and get to know her And maybe listen to that one first and pop here and listen to this one or vice versa. So thank you again, Philippa. That's been beautiful. Thank you, ladies. Ciao. Thank you for tuning in to Strip It Back. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate it if you could kindly leave us a review.